Hello and welcome to a celebratory episode of the Chiefs Bros Podcast. Our long national nightmare is over. Bengals have been defeated in the postseason. Uh, Jonathan, how are you feeling right now? I have a message for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, uh, good. Nah, 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 nah. Goodbye. Goodbye. You're done. They're done. Enjoy Cancun. Cancun on three. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling shasty tonight. We're all a little bit shasty, I think. Yep. Yeah. That's well, one of those things where I don't actually know what that word means. It's probably dangerous, but yeah. whatever it takes to make fun of the Bengals, I'm all for it. I think we are all in our hearts tonight. Frank Clark talking all the smack, smoking all mm. the cigars. Mm. Um, just just reveling in the Bengal sadness and the schadenfreude of the, the Bengals losing. They said they're going to beat us. They lied. They lied. Um, <laughs> they said Joe Burrow was better than Patrick Mahomes. They lied. Uh, they said that we could not cover all of the Bengals receivers. They lied. They said we didn't have any pass rush. They lied. Uh, they said that Mahomes couldn't play on a bum ankle. They lied. They said that if the Chiefs lose their top three receivers, that they wouldn't be able to win the game. They lie. Uh, they said that if we didn't have luxurious need, except for like two plays in the first quarter, then we wouldn't win. They lie. They lied a lot. Um, all of these things happened. Ooh, I was running out of ways to say that. How, how did the Chiefs win this game? I'll tell and, you how. And I'm not looking for specifics. I'm just like, in terms of vibes, I, I still, looking back on the game, I can't believe it. Yeah. Now, as we all know, uh, we're reasonably here on Chiefs Bros. It's not all about the quarterbacks. It's not just Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow. Uh, uh, but if I may distill it down to its purest pure essence, why the Chiefs won? Distill it down. It is because Joe Burrow sucks. Whoa, and Patrick Mahomes okay. is awesome. Yeah, you know... <laughs> no qualifications. It's, it's funny. I don't like the QE wins argument until it favors my quarterback. And yes. I'm all about it. Yes. Uh, Andrew, how many Super Bowl rings does Joe Burrow have? Hmm. That would be none. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, how many MVPs does he have? Boy, uh, unless something shocking happens a week from now, none. Wow, that is fascinating. Yeah, he is already better than Patrick Mahomes. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. It is. It is. You beat him one time in the postseason, and then this happens, apparently. Yeah. I'm feeling feisty tonight. It was... I, I, like As we were watching this, I said it multiple times, like... This is my. This might be my favorite win in Chiefs history. It might be the most satisfying. And, and yes, that is, that exceeds the Super Bowl being the Niners. Yeah. Um. It was just. It was that much of a. It was that much hype hitting into this game. Like it was so much. Every. It felt like everyone was on the Bengals. It felt like no one was really giving the Chiefs a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, I have never like we talked about this before the game. I've never wanted to be a team so badly. No, in the postseason, outside so. maybe a Brady team. And at points in the game, I don't know if I've ever felt so much the Chiefs were going to lose. Like, yeah. like there was so much stacked against us. All of the injuries, Mahomes' existing injury, the fact that the Bengals are the Bengals, and they're always like two plays away from just being back in it, farting rainbows out of their butts. Yeah, you know, with just crazy, like, like the, the most charmed life of all time for the Bengals. Yes. This was, I think, the most stressful football game I've ever watched. <laughs> And that includes the Super Bowl. Because the Super Bowl, that, well, the one that we won against, well, the one that we lost, obviously that wasn't stressful, it was just depressing. Yeah. Uh, the one that we won, it looked like we were going to lose for like, you know, roughly three quarters. And then at the last quarter, we turned around and then we, you know, ended up winning by two scores. This one, it was back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Okay. Just, it killed me. It was, but the Chiefs never trailed. 
Yeah. The entire it's so game. strange. And it felt so much like... I think it's just because it didn't necessarily feel sustainable what we were doing, holding the Bengals to the offensive production that we did and losing players at the clip we were losing players. Well, our own offense was completely unsustainable with all the guys that we lost. And I you, mean, ju- you just kind of kept waiting for Mahomes' leg to fall off. Yeah, and he was thrown to, by the end of the game, we'll go through the injuries later, but, I mean, he was thrown to, like, MVS, Marcus Kemp, mm-hmm. Skyboard rookie. I mean, just a bunch of guys out there that, you know, they got the job done in times, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was rough. It, you felt like... The offense could do almost no more, so the defense had to be almost perfect, and they did. Yeah, it was a, it was an incredible performance by the entire Chiefs team, and this is going to sound a little bit old fashioned, um, and, and maybe naive, but this game it felt like came down to Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones just like willing it to happen yeah. on either side of the ball. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, this was. The definitive game of Chris Jones' career. Was it not? Yeah. The best game. Best season, but best game. The, finally got the playoff sack, which was, you know, farcical to begin with. In fact, they didn't have one. Yeah. Because um, he's had really great playoff performances. But he finally got the sack. Not just one, he got two. He had like six QB hits. I think he recorded 10 total pressures. Which is insane. He was just living in Joe Burrow's lap. He was. And you know, that's what we should do to mostly a backup offensive line. Um, with Chris Jones specifically, we'd gotten accustomed to there being a point in the game where he took over the game. Mm-hmm. Like late in the fourth quarter, their offensive line is fatigued, and that was when Chris Jones would just come to life and live in the backfield. Especially this year. That feels like a this year thing. Yes, it was. It's a little unique to this year. Yeah. Um, and, man, did he show up right on time in this game. Yeah. People were calling him the closer going into this game, just, like, based on his performances this year. Mm-hmm. And he completely lived up to it. I mean, how, how perfect could it be the last drive that the Bengals have, the last time we see Joe Burrow's stupid face out there on the field, is him just getting sacked by Chris Jones yeah. on that third down play. Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, so, Chris Jones is a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year. He's almost certainly going to lose out to Nick Bosa. But I wish, in this unique circumstance, I wish that the voting happened like today, because I don't think you could argue there was a more like at this point in the season there's a more valuable defensive player than Chris Jones, especially considering the position that he does play. Yeah, he is an interior pass rusher that's a game wrecker. Except for when he's not, he was on the, he was on he was on the exterior. The, the Chris Jones <laughs> defensive end, uh, Chris Jones the edge experiment finally worked, and like our, our game ceiling. Uh, Sack against Joe Burrow. Yeah. Happened when Chris Jones was out wide. Now, I don't... This game was so crazy and it had so many things to discuss. And I don't... I almost don't even know where to begin. Um, I guess we began with making fun of the Bengals. That seems fair. Yeah. Um, so they talked all the talk. Oh. Before this game. All of the smack. Sh- shall we Shall we quickly recap the smack? Yes. Okay. Um, first off, there's Burrowhead. Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, I think, a Mike Hilton invention. I'm sorry, that's G-E-H-A Field at, at Burrowhead Stadium. Yeah. Um, get it right. They paid a lot of money to sponsor Burrowhead. Um, and that one seemed to hit home. And I know, you know, it's funny because players always talk like, oh, we listen to that stuff. We block it all out. Mm-hmm. I think it came out pretty clearly at the end of the game. They received all of that. They were paying attention to all of it. Yeah. They were eating it up. Yeah, Chris Jones, before... before uh, like, his press conferences before the game was saying, you know, we'll see you all at Burrowhead Stadium. Mm-hmm. He's making a point of it. Let's just throw it all out there, and then we'll discuss it. So you had the Burrowhead thing. Burrowhead. 
Um, you had people just in general crowning Joe Burrow as like way better than Patrick Mahomes because he had beaten him three times. And a lot of people are saying Joe Burrow owns Patrick Mahomes. This is a stupid thing to say. That's yeah. what I said earlier. Yeah. There's that. And then one that seemed to strangely just come out of left field, the mayor of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Actual mayor. The dorkiest dork that ever dorked. And he yeah. had just the most cringeworthy videos that he put out. Uh, one of them implying that they're going to get a paternity test on... Joe Burrow, I think, to see if he was the father of Mahomes or something along those lines. Yeah. Which I, I get that's like a typical, I think it's a stupid thing, but a typical like NFL meme joke to make. But as a, like the mayor to say that, and like the way that he said it, it's just like the least swaggiest guy you could possibly imagine. It was about like, um, you know, I really hate whenever brands try to tweet like a, like a person. Yes. Like if... if you know, Wendy's. Yeah, if Wendy's gets into a beef with Taco Bell or something, or if, like, let's say Kroger is based in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. This is about like if Kroger started talking trash on the Chiefs. Yeah, it's very strange. It's just like, hey, this is for one, this is this is not your thing, and two, this is stupid. Just stick to your mind your own business, Kroger and the mayor of Cincinnati. Yeah. He he was saying the Burrowhead thing too, by the way. Yeah. He said it, it like many times again, just. The most cringeworthy fashion possible. And I don't know if this is his goal, but, you know, everyone knows who the mayor of Cincinnati is now. Yeah. Everyone thinks he's a jabroni. I mean, he, he could not come out of this weekend with more egg on his face. That's true. Because he talked all that smack. He's a guy that clearly doesn't even know football. I think he's he's the most hated man in America for at least one day because all the Bengals fans hate him for talking smack. Oh, yeah. And everyone else hates him for just for talking smack. Yeah. Everyone, everyone hates him. Yeah. It was, it, by the way... It was a rough weekend for people that don't know football trying to pretend like they know football. Yeah. Because you had the, this mayor who, obviously, he so, probably just had some aides like, hey, this would be funny. Yeah. Uh, he, he didn't know what he was stepping into. Um, yeah. I would love for him to, like, tell me who, like, the Bengals' third receiver is. Oh, no. Nah, this this guy doesn't know. He doesn't know. know ball. He, he might know who Jamar Chase is. There's no way he knows who Jamar yeah. is. He knows Burrow. Uh, he knows Chase. He probably he knows one defensive player, um, Hendrickson. That's probably it. No, no, he didn't know. He didn't know. Uh, I mean, he, knows, he knows precisely one defensive player. Yeah, um, and that's about it. Um, so yeah, it was it was a rough weekend for people that don't know ball. Uh, the mayor and just like as a quick side comment, uh, the knuckleheads that run the Empire State Building in New York, <laughs> lighting up the building like the, the most iconic building, arguably in New York City. In the colors of a division rival, for one, mm-hmm. in a rival that just beat the ever living tar out of your home team after they won a, a title for their conference, which is the most boneheaded thing you could possibly imagine. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an equivalent from Missouri. I think it's like if they if they made the arch orange and supported the Bengals or something stupid like that. Yeah, it was like if they if they lit up like Union Station in like. The black and white of the Oakland Raiders, like congrats, yeah. congrats, Raiders. Obviously, that would never happen, but if it would be like that, I mean, if theoretically, the Raiders could win the AFC Championship. If, if you know the rivalries there, like that's just like the stupidest thing you could do. Uh, so yeah, people that don't know football, well, stick okay, stuff I, mean, I think what, okay. what we're seeing here, okay, for one, football is one of the most mainstream forces, like cultural forces, in our society these days. Yeah. 
So there are a lot of people who are trying to tap into that who have no business doing so. Yes. Like mayors of Cincinnati or sentient buildings in New York. You know? Also, just if you're not directly related <laughs> to football, don't tweet about it. Yes. Stay out of it. You don't know what you're stepping into. Yeah. Um, but also just like the idea of a whole city being angry with a building <laughs> is so funny to me. I, I've literally heard about like people congregating in the Empire State Building yes. and like protesting. They were protesting. Demanding that it be changed. <laughs> Which, by the way, later on in the evening... The Empire State Building turned red and gold and supported the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, so I don't know. I don't know what they were doing. They were completely covering their butts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for just, a minute, the Chiefs were owners in New York City. It was great. I guess. I mean, that's bizarre. Um, my yeah, just my favorite discussion of this thing. was someone said the Chrysler Building would never do this. The Chrysler. <laughs> they would never. They would never. <laughs> um, man, just so dumb. Yeah. Anyway, just read the room, people. So yeah, uh, you have the Bay of Cincinnati. He's talking that smack. <laughs> Um, the um, Bengals in general, man, they're just... They're whiny. It's like this. You they're live, whiny fan base. You live by the swag, you die by the swag. Mm. They won't walk into this game talking all the smack, Spitting all the, the swagger. Uh, Joe Burrow, it feels like... And, you know, I don't know if the vitriol the Chiefs fans have for him is, is actually deserved. But maybe it's, it's just not. maybe it's just his nature, but it feels like every quote that guy gives is just like dripping with... Swagger and overconfidence. You know, he's like the living embodiment of that like meme that's like, "Welcome to downtown Coolsville, USA." Yeah, you know, it's, it's just like, like, "Calm down, dude. You're not the Fonz." He's like, you know, he's. I was gonna say, he's the essence of the Fonz. The Fonz is on our side, by the way. And yeah, the have. actual Fonz. Yeah. Uh, no, like I think at some point, and, and you know, people, the media baits people with these questions. I understand it, mm-hmm. but like Burrow was asked, like. Or, or, or is it a big deal to be like back in the AC championship? And he says, no, when he's expected. And you know, if Mahomes says that, I'm not too concerned. I'm like, okay, that's normal. But if, if, if Burrow says that, it's like, okay. So you just like, if this is going to be a big deal to you, you just don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm, also, I'm just. This, this isn't necessarily smack talking, but the whole aura of just like the Bengals fan base being the most whiny fan base. They're the most new money fan base. And it's not just um, the fact that, you know, our personal rivalry uh, and disgust for them. They were freaking out about the idea that if they lost to the Ravens and their third-string quarterback, they would have to flip a coin to decide where the game would be played. Yeah. Just the dumbest thing to get mad about. They were so upset that the NFL was selling potential tickets for a Bills and Chiefs uh, AFC title game to be held in Atlanta. Yeah. Which they had to do. You have to do that. Which it they, was the stupidest thing to get upset about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they did all of this, like, just like manufacturing this, like, nobody believes in us. Oh, the, hashtag info rigged. They're, they're all working against us. If they were still favorites, favorites headed into Era Stadium, right? And, you know, it flipped, it flipped around a little bit. I think at the end they were favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that line moved around quite a bit. Um, so they did all of that, manufacturing these stupid takes, and then they proceed to give the Chiefs just all the motivation that they want, all the bulletin board material. And for the Chiefs, you understand, like, this team, this is the fifth straight year that we've hosted the AFC Championship game. Unprecedented. They've been to the Super Bowl and lost. They've been to the Super Bowl and won. Uh, we have an MVP. We have Hall of Fame players at multiple different positions on this team right now. So... 
this is a team that it's very hard for us to get into a position where it's like, oh, nobody believes in us. Nobody's given us a chance in this game. But the Bengals gave us that. They did. They just gifted it to us on a silver platter. Well, all okay. of this smack talk. And the stupid take media. I feel like, I feel like everyone who had an opinion on the media this week was like, it's the Bengals. Bengals, yeah. Bengals are so in right now. Yeah. Which, I mean, they just, they did just beat the tar out of the Bills. Yeah. So I can understand that. And Mahomes is hurt. So like thinking that the Bengals would win this game, I don't think it was like a wild take or anything. No. I think no. it's more just like the general impression I get from, you know, media people of like the Bengals are the, the, the shiny new team. Definitely. That everyone wants to introduce uh, into the AFC and be like, oh, this is the next Patrick Mahomes, or he's going to be like the next great rival for Patrick Mahomes. Which I think he's a rival, for sure. I think he was this year. Um, we'll see where they are next year. But I think if anything, he's been established here. And, and you know, I, I hate head-to-head quarterback stats, but mm-hmm. I don't think Burrow was on Patrick Mahomes' level No, on Sunday. No. No one who watched the game would think that. I mean, he had some good throws, um, and he was working with a banged-up offensive line. Um, yeah. But I think, I don't know, this is such a meatball thing to say, but Patrick got it done with what he had, and Joe Burrow did not. He got the ball, ball not once, but twice yeah. in the fourth quarter when the game was tied and the Chiefs' offense was dead in the water. Go kick a field goal and you win. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Threw a pick. Threw up one of those, you know, they call them, make a big deal about how it's not, oh, it's not a 50-50 ball, it's an 80-20 ball for our rival series because it's just so good. I guess he finally hit on the 20. No, no, no. got picked off. I'm pretty sure it was literally 50-50 because he had like one big long toss to Jamar Chase and one big long toss to T. Higgins. And then he had mm-hmm. two interceptions on those kind of balls. So it was literally 50-50. Yeah. I mean, one of those interceptions wasn't even that. It was just like, I can't remember who it was now. One of our, one of our Watson. Yeah, Watson. Watson picked him up. Um, and then the, I guess there was that one touchdown to Higgins. So they, they hit on a few of those plays. I like we knew they would. Yeah. Um, but at the end, it finally came back to bite him. It felt like in this game, you know, I, I talked about it before the unicorn or, uh, the rainbows of luck that they've been rat coasting on in the playoffs. It felt like in this game, it finally started to dry up, you know? Well, I think. It was more that it wasn't enough. That's true. Like, they, they had stuff gifted to them. Yeah. That Mahomes fumble, that was gifted to them. That was gifted to them. And they still hit on a couple of those big, long YOLO balls. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you, you can't live with that forever. Yeah. I mean, um, it works sometimes, sure. No, but I think, I think if, you're, if you're judging the situation objectively, Burrow played a good game. It was not a great game. And he had, like, in, in the stock market of public opinion, he had been priced as a great quarterback who's going to play a great game. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the case. Now, you know what that happens. Mahomes played one great half and one terrible half and lost to the Bengals last year. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying Burrow, like, this isn't, okay, Burrow's done forever. We don't need to talk about him anymore. Yeah, it might be there. I think, you know, and <laughs> I, I don't like this kind of comparisons, but to me, <sighs> Patrick Mahomes equates to Tom Brady and Joe Burrow equates to Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning occasionally had postseason success and championships. Tom Brady had a ton of them. So I think in that in that matchup, you're probably looking at Mahomes is more on the Brady side of it. By the way, 
Josh Allen is Ben Roethlisberger. No one likes to hear that. Okay, well, a couple of things for you, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, number one, Tom Brady, he won Super Bowls. He did. Uh, Pat Mahomes won a Super Bowl. He's, he's getting ready to win. He's been to three. Yes. We'll have gone to three. Um, Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. he won two Super Bowls. Yeah. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, two Super Bowls. Josh Allen, mm-hmm. who I like, and Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. who I don't like. Zero Super Bowls. None. Yeah. So, um, I'm... I'm not here for the Brady Manning comparison. No, you're right. We, I, I don't like that, but it's just, it's also, been, it's been that long since we had premium quarterback matchups. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay. Two, two quick endpoints I might do to a uh, burst your bubble there. Yeah. Number one, um, there was a more of a dichotomy, I think, between Brady and Manning. Like these are the two great quarterbacks in this conference going back to back. Um, in the AFC, there's a lot of really talented quarterbacks. There's a lot of guys. There's a lot more guys in the mix uh, year to year there than are. it was for them. Um, I'm not sure I can remember what number two was. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Number two, the whole point of the rivalry is that they're, like, equal. That, or, you know, close to equal. Yep. Um, Mahomes' resume in the NFL is just way more than what Burrow has done yet. And maybe that's what annoys me about the Bengals in general and Joe Burrow. And again, it's not even really him personally. It's more just kind of the, the takes around him. Yeah. Is that people want to just like put him on the same level, the same tier as Mahomes. And he has not earned it yet. I mean, let's not forget just the enormous amount of luck that they had to get to the Super Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. And then they lost. They almost lost to the Raiders. They should have lost to the Titans. They should have lost to us. They did lose to the Rams. Uh, this year, they beat the Bengals. They, they beat the Bills. Beat the crap out of them. Yeah, okay, wait. Um, so I'll give them that. Yes. They beat the, the Ravens with their third round or third string quarterback. Congratulations. And then they lost to us. So just the idea that like his resume and Mahomes' resume or the Chiefs, the Burrow or the Bengals, you could put those on the same level. It's like, oh, these are rivals now. Yeah. Just completely ridiculous to me. No, I think I think what you're actually seeing here is you have Mahomes as the constant and a revolving cast of characters who are playing the part of his rival. Yes. Yes. I, I tweeted out today, I look forward to, you know, in, in 2024 in the playoffs, you know, the announcer saying, man, I can't wait for Patrick Mahomes and Player X, the yeah. next Brady and Manny. Yeah. It's going to be, oh, it's Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence. Oh, it's Patrick Mahomes and... Justin Fields, whoever. Yeah. Well, Justin Fields, but yes. <coughs> um, yeah, I mean, at first it was supposed to be Mahomes Allen, and everyone went well, ahead and put Burrow ahead of Allen this year. I could start earlier than that. I mean, people were talking about Baker Mayfield in the same way. Or, uh, honestly, if you go back far enough, Mahomes Watson. Mahomes Watson and Mahomes and Lamar. <laughs> it's just this, this constant yeah. cast of characters. And what's the common denominator? It's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So, so whenever you have a constant and a, a revolving variable in terms of who who is his opponent, that means the constant is the best. So Patrick Mahomes is the standard. He's the best. Yeah. And everyone you're kind of comparing him against, it's just it's not a fair comparison. Yeah. I mean, to use in a boxing analogy, if I may, yeah. he's like you know the belt holder. Yeah. And you got to beat him in order to get the belt. And like you know, every now and then somebody pulls it off. You know, Brady did it a time or two. Bro did it once. Bro did it precisely in the, once. In the postseason. 
Josh Allen has not yet done it. Boy. Okay. First off, real, real quick, while we're on the subject, mm-hmm. should we revisit the Bills Bengals game in light of what happened to them against the Chiefs? You know, I it's crazy. I was thinking about this at halftime. I was like, at that point, we were leading the Bengals, and you know, I don't think anybody was feeling super confident about that lead. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, at least felt like we we're in this game. We've got a good shot to win it, and it was like. Holy smokes, Bills, what happened to you? You were playing in your own stadium. Yeah. I mean, I think they were pretty much healthy. I mean, Von Miller, obviously, and maybe some other defensive players. Um, but, man, what happened? I, I think what you can at least uh, infer from the situation is that the snow inhibited the Bills' pass rush and made the Bengals Offensive line looked better than they actually were. Yeah, because they got they got exposed pretty bad against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are not the best pass rush team in the league. Well, I I agree completely. The snow was an equalizer in that effect. I think you can say that pretty easily looking back. But two quick things: the Bills' pass rush, mm. not that great. Yeah, uh, in hindsight, and the Chiefs' pass rush really really turned it on at the end of the year. I yeah. mean, there there was. Halfway through this year, we were sitting here on the, you know, at this table discussing, is this pass rush so bad it's going to keep us from winning the playoffs? That was not the case. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs pass rush was arguably the driving force behind this win. Still wild. Think about I mean, think of, yeah, think about how crazy that is based on like where we were halfway through the year or even at the beginning of this year. And while we're on the topic of questions we'd asked earlier about like what, what the Chiefs potential would be. We always knew this year, or like I think heading into the season, we, we, we knew a lot of our playoff success would be how much is our young defense able to mature and settle into the roles by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And man, did that ever work out? Yeah, almost as well as anyone could imagine. Yeah, I mean, better than I ever expected, really. Yeah, and I, I love that I heard this from a couple different places the idea that like these rookies, once they get to the end of the year. And especially in the playoffs, they're not really rookies anymore. They have a full year under their belts, and they played like it. But we got huge contributions from like this draft class. It was top to bottom too. It was, I mean, Chet McDuffie had a couple of pass breakups, good tackles. Uh, Carl Loftus had a sack, um, and every sack against Miggles is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our late round defensive backs, uh, Justin, uh, sorry, Josh Williams and Jalen Watson. Too many JWs. Both had, I think they both had picks or both had pass breakups. Yes, I think they both had picks. So it's just wild. Brian Cook playing safety mm-hmm. had, a, had a couple pass breakups and, and, and uh, interceptions. True McDuffie. He yeah. was awesome. Yeah. He, he slipped a little, but other than that, he was great. Uh, in, in, in the free agent side, Justin Reed played probably one of his best games as a chief. Got the I last think. laugh on Hayden Hurst. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love in this game, he had a couple of big plays, and I really feel like I'm right that. His style of play is not going to lead to a bunch of flashy plays like Matthew. He's mm-hmm. kind of like the flip side of Matthew. We're like, you're not going to see a ton of flashy plays, but you're also not going to see a ton of busted coverages. He's not going to get beat over the top very often. Um, and I think you saw that in this game. Like they got a few. I mean, we didn't. We knew we weren't going to hold him down all game. Yeah, but it didn't kill you. And then you've got other like you know not rookies per se, but like relatively young players like Bolton and Gay settling into you know. Leaders on the defense, 
And yeah, like new guys like Justin Reed coming in, Carlos Dunlop coming in. So I mean, the, the the Chiefs defense is at a like the best spot that we could expect from them at this time of the year. It was awesome mm-hmm. to see. Yeah, I think I said going into this game that it felt like you were going with like way that Mahomes was. It felt like you were going to need just like a Herculean effort from everyone outside of him, especially like the defense. Mm-hmm. And we got it. We did. Um, on the offensive side of the ball. I think I expected us to lean on the run game more, and the run game wasn't really there. The screen game was there, which I think you could argue is an extension of the run game. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, offense, it's like we were losing receivers as early as the second half, or the first half, weren't we? Yeah, I mean, they were dropping it for lies. It was, it was crazy. That was, that was the wildest thing with this game to me is, like, it was already tough. I felt like the deck was already stacked against the Chiefs heading into the game with Mahomes' injury, with Kelsey having back spasms, which never really presented themselves in the game, fortunately. Well, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe he goes off a little more. Um, but then, like, we immediately lost Jerry Sneed. Yeah, um, like the first track. Quickly lost like Tony, mm-hmm. and you know, eventually Juju and McCole, and Mahomes kind of aggravated his his ankle again, and Willie Gay was out for a little bit of time. Pacheco got banged up. Pacheco, Pacheco was moving around. Yeah, it's like at some point it's like, oh my gosh, how are we still in this game? We're so banged up. Yeah, our, our offense was just completely running on fumes and like a shoestring budget, and basically the whole second half. Yeah, Marcus Kemp, who I had forgotten about completely, mm-hmm. came into the game and had a reception. He had a reception. He contributed, <laughs> which I mean, he he had his play and he made it. MVS, uh, but not a guy you want to see out yeah. there. You know, MBS had the game of his life at exactly the right time. Yes, that's a guy I can't believe we haven't mentioned him yet. Yeah. Probably the most important offensive player outside of Mahomes today was MBS. Yeah, and I don't game. think anyone saw that coming. Uh, he he kind of did the Sammy Watkins. Uh, you earned your entire paycheck in the playoffs mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of game. It's like okay, it was totally worth it. We paid you for this one game that you basically helped us win. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was shocking that he was able to step up in a way that he really hadn't throughout the entire year. Yeah. Um, he was like a player that would come in and every now and then make a big play, catch a few balls. Um, but yeah, like when everyone else was going down, we were ripping off plays to MBS just out of nowhere. I was like, okay, yeah. this is awesome. So I think we, if we want to transition into game balls really quickly. Sure. We've already got MVS. I think he gets a game ball. And mm. talked about game ball. Oh, what I say? That's a game ball. Yeah, I, yeah. I concur. Um, the second one that I would give out, Sky Moore. Oh, Andrew giving Sky Moore Sky a game ball in the playoffs. And who not, a, not a as a receiver, as a punt returner. The punt returner, Sky Moore, who, yeah. it is noted, we said we hate him. We did. We said Sky Moore, the punt returner, we hate him. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> two, two things here. Uh, you know, one, is Dave Tobe like a wizard? Like, did he know? He's like, I don't understand it fully, but the key to our playoff success is Sky Moore individually becoming a competent punt returner. No, yeah. So no matter how many fumbles he has in the regular season, we have to get him reps so that he's ready. I mean, you, you said it like during, like, I think immediately after the game was basically like, is he like, you know, is this like uh, the Avengers, the the Marvel movie, where it's like there's only one way this can work? <laughs> Hear me out. Yeah, uh, we need to put 
Chris Jones at defensive end. <laughs> then we need to put Sky Moore at punt returner. Then we need to have our injured one-legged quarterback scramble. Yeah. And then we need to cap it all off with Harrison Buckner kicking a game that kicking a game-winning field goal. Yeah, is it, this is like the redemption arc for every yes. every Chiefs player was in this one game. Every player redeemed within like five minutes yeah. or less, like like the last two minutes of the game. It was wild. Uh, but Sky Moore, though, I mean, like he, he came in, he fielded a couple punts. The reason he was in is because everyone else who could have done it was hurt. That's true. Tony had a, a punt return. Nicole Hardman had a punt return. Those guys were injured, so it was down to Sky Moore. Mm-hmm. And it's like at that point, like, okay, thank goodness. Dave Tobe was so stubborn about getting him punt return reps because we needed him at the end. And he set up the game-winning kick in large part by returning it to the 50-yard line, like a 27-yard return on the punt. So, amazing game for Scott Moore. Maybe it was just me, but was that like the most nonchalant like 27-yard return of all time? It kind of stuck up on I mean, he, he caught the ball and he ran to his right at a 45-degree angle yeah. until he was out of bounds. Yeah. That's basically all he did. Mm-hmm. Um, like watching it live, I didn't even realize how good of a return it was because it looked so nonchalant. And somebody said, like, right at the 50 yard line, I was like, wait, what? Um, the angles of like the punt returns and kick returns were throwing me off all day long, by the way. When they did like the straight on view, not tell where they were on the field, it was really messing with my brain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just incredible. Um, man, we got so many game balls to give out. I guess it's my turn. Um, so we got MVS. Uh, I mean, we already talked about it, but you got to give one to Chris Jones. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you have to. This is, this is a career game. And maybe like the pass rush in general, because I feel like, like guys like Mike Dana and Willie Gay and uh, Carlos Dunlap, like those guys still got pressure, even though they might, might not have showed up like in the sack column the way that Chris Jones did. I don't know, because I don't I haven't watched the game as like a film nerd, but I have heard from film nerds that Mike Dana apparently played like really well. Yeah, just like it's really going off, which I didn't expect that. No, no one does. Um, I'll take it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Frank Clark looked good out there. I mean, talking about a guy that earns his salary all in the postseason. Um, <laughs> he racked up, I think, one and a half sacks. He's our best gamer pass rusher, and also our best smack talker. Yeah, which he's he arguably more important. He was on his stuff. I mean, after this yeah. game is over, <laughs> if you need a guy to talk some smack, just put people in a body bag. <laughs> Frank Clark is your guy. <laughs> he was feeling himself so I much. I mean, he, he brought cigars to the stadium. Yeah. He, he knew what was going down. It's impressive. Um, like, I, I am once again glad that Frank Clark is on my football team. And that was not always the case, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, before we get too far away from it, something I forgot to mention when we were discussing the Bengals trash talk. Yeah. Um, the the lead up to this game for Chris Jones, it just like it felt like it was all pointing towards this career performance. Because like, did you see his like final press conference? I think it was on Friday, mm-hmm. uh, where he just like very quietly signed off, like just like totally, you know, dead face, just totally serious. Like, see you guys at Barrowhead Stadium. It just like walked off. That was so cool. You just knew, like, oh my gosh, this guy's about to. Explode, yeah. And then during the national anthem, the man is weeping, <laughs> just like tears floating down his cheeks. He's feeling it that much. I love all the music about like you know, like thinking about all the terrible things he's about to do to Jerbo, <laughs> just <laughs> crying. <laughs> <sighs> it was great. Yeah. Well, let's see other game balls. Um, 
He might not have had an amazing game in the stats, but I mean, like, Isaiah Pacheco's, like, just his his squad to be his, like, force in the run game and the pass game, I think it was definitely felt. It was mostly in the pass game. Yeah. Um, a strange aspect of this game, I thought going into it that we would lean really heavily on the run game. Um, and I don't know if this is, like, this may be a chicken or egg situation, but we could not run the ball at all. Couldn't. Um, I feel like we were just going up the middle. And DJ Reader's in there, and we just could not get it going up the middle. We could not. I mean, we didn't get no. to the second level like all day long. Do you think we learned our lesson from last week and said we cannot run outside zone because Pat cannot get out there fast enough to hand the ball off? I think maybe we did. Yeah. I think it's, it, it's strange you think of that injury primarily affecting the pass game because, you know, quarterback, duh. But a weird way it almost affected our run game more because mm-hmm. uh, it felt like we were more limited in what we could do there. Our, our running backs. Um, they averaged in like actual running back runs under two yards a carry. I mean, that is real bad. So, I mean, again, it's like a testament to Mahomes and Reed that they're able to like overcome that. Cause I mean, he, he had no run game to rely on at all today. Yeah. And no wide receivers to throw to. I see. Yeah. I don't, I, nothing but this game makes sense. Like the way that we actually were able to move the ball and, and, Stitched together a game-winning drive with almost none of our skill position players. Completely insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, as I have Pacheco, mm-hmm. you get a game ball. Yep. Uh, just incredible. I love the way he runs. He runs like he's trying to hurt the earth beneath him when he steps. Uh, I think it's the best way I can describe the way that he runs. Yeah. Um, who else we got for game balls? Um, this is not like this. This might be to the entire offensive line, but Orlando Brown. Didn't notice him. We didn't have a massive breakdown that I saw. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Orlando Brown seemed to play a competent game. And, and given what happened last week, I feel like that was enough for a game goal. Yeah, and similar to Chris Jones, I really think this should go out to the whole offensive line uh, as far as their pass blocking because they were just tremendous. Yeah. Um, Pat Mahomes, he... He definitely got pressure at times, more so in the second half, but really throughout the whole game, like, he had enough time to hit guys if they were open. Yeah. It wasn't open guys very often. Um, but yeah, they did a tremendous job against a really good defensive line and some like really talented edge pass rushers, huh. uh, especially our tackles. I think they held up really well. Wiley, obviously, had that one, I thought it was a little ticky-tacky, uh, the holding call that prevented the touchdown. Yeah, and like early on. The goofy taunting call, too. Yeah, that one. It was not a great day at the office in terms of penalties for Wiley, but I don't know how much he deserved that. Yeah, I I don't really think so either. Especially in the the playoffs. Come on, dude. Yes. Keep keep the flag in your pocket. Yep. Um, But yeah, pretty good game from all of them, I thought. And I guess it's my turn to give a game game ball. I'm giving one to Steve Spagnola because. People, people were kind of upset with him this year, you know? As they, they seem to be every year at some point. Um, but I think this game was the best performance that a Chiefs defense has had in the Mahomes era. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, factoring in, factoring the magnitude of the game, I don't know what else you could consider. Obviously, they've had more dominant performances against terrible offenses, but if you factor in the offense that they were playing, the game that they were playing on the stage, I mean, yeah. is anything even remotely close to this? I mean, if you look back at the 
2019 Super Bowl run, we didn't face any elite offenses that year, really. Uh, we, we played the, the Texans, who were supposed to be frauds. We played the Titans, who were a good pass or a good running and play action team. Yeah. And then we played the Niners, who were like a ground and pound team. But, I mean, the Niners were an elite offense that year. Yeah. To be fair. Um, but yeah, like, we, we, hadn't, we hadn't faced an aerial force like this one. Yeah. Especially one that allegedly had our number for a couple of years. I think all of our defensive genius points that were being given to Lou Anarumo on the Bengals' side should transition to Steve Spagnuolo. Mm. He's the one that actually shut down an elite passing game. That's true. Uh, and it was not against a quarterback with, you know, one leg. And he's doing with a bunch of rookies. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah which, he, which, by the way, he hates. He'd much rather have a bunch of savvy, grizzled <laughs> veterans back there. Like, this was the classic example of Brett Veach, like, getting rid of all of our old, like, dead weight on the roster and just like, hey, Steve, here's what you got. Mm-hmm. We're going to get you a bunch of seventh and, and sixth round corners, and that's what you get to play with now. Yeah. So, I mean, it was really just like such a great group effort from the talent acquisition, talent development, and kind of the talent uh, execution, if you want to call yeah. it, um, from the coordinator position, and like the players themselves playing. I think this, this is it's kind of dumb, but I want to give a, a game ball to Brett Beach because, like... This win was due to the 2022 draft class stepping up. Yeah. And that's just, that's, that's why this went from a rebuilding year to a, a Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. Is because that we hit so well on the rebuild that there was not, not only did we not miss a beat, we exceeded our, our expectations this season. Like that was, that was my thing is if we beat the Bengals in the AFC championship, then we're taking a step forward. And we did. And that, that's like to me, we might transition you know, from game balls into like how we're feeling about the Chiefs at this point in the season now. But to me, I'm a little bit back like I was in 2019. Where it's just like, man, we're going to the Super Bowl. I hope we win. And you know what? I'll be on pins and needles two weeks from now. But it feels like house money for the season right now. And for the Chiefs in general. Just because, like, I, for one, I think I appreciate this win and a chance to go back to the Super Bowl more than I did against the Bucks two years ago. Because two years ago, it felt like this was the expectation. You know, it's like, oh, well, yeah, as long as we have Mahomes, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Well, we didn't, and it sucked. And then last year, we didn't even make it to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So this year, it's like, I, I think I appreciate it more than I did. Yeah. And, uh, man, I just, I, I want to beat, I wanted to beat the Bengals more than I want to beat the Eagles this week. Yeah, that's completely true. You know? Because of all the smack talk, all of the, the narratives, all of the terrible, terrible takes that would have come out of this game if he had lost. Oh, my goodness. That's why I was... I mean, you go listen to our podcast last week. I mean, that was some very worried, despondent Chiefs fans. Because we <sighs> felt like this was all setting up for Joe Burrow to just waltz into the Super Bowl over us yet again because we were all injured. Um... So yeah, just like to actually win this game and pull it out and to take a step forward and to knock them down a few pegs. <gasps> I was definitely I was getting ready, prepared mentally to lose this game in like the third quarter. Um, I was thinking things like, if the Bengals win, I'm not going to watch this year's Super Bowl. Oh, I was going to watch. Yeah, I know. I was, like, I was the biggest Eagles fan you have ever seen. I was just going to not care, honestly. Yeah. Uh, that was going to be my response, which is to unsubscribe for an entire offseason of, of the NFL. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. This, this, this kind of like, it's a combination of 
you know, the Chiefs kind of losing last year and not making it as far as we thought they should have. Um, I feel kind of reinvigorated as a Chiefs fan. And like, I, I kind of feel like that combination of gratefulness and also like just unlimited potential is like, this could be the way the Chiefs are for a long time because the Chiefs are on the upswing. Mm-hmm. Like this, they're, they, they should be a better team next year than they are this year. Yeah. I think um, that's, that's such an important point to not miss. Cause it's so, like, we went to the Super Bowl so easy to forget this. This was supposed to be the down year. Yeah. This was supposed to be the year where we were, you know, not rebuilding, but retooling. Had a bunch of rookies playing. Probably going to take a step back. Might not win the AFC West. And here we are all going to the Super Bowl. Like, how many times did you hear anyone talk about losing Tyreek Hill in that playoff game? Mmm. Not, not once. Yeah, maybe once, but not much. I, yeah. yeah. Especially, even when we were down to, like, our last receivers, it's just like, that's a, a completely foregone conclusion. No one's thinking about that anymore. Um, I think if you, and, and I don't want to look too much at like around the league right now, because it's all about the Eagles now, you know, from here out. But if you're looking at the AFC, the Chiefs are back on top. The Bills, in my mind, have crested and are now dealing with the harsh realities of a second contract for their quarterback having to keep their core together as they transition. The Chiefs are through that. They've made it and they're still they're still on top. Yeah. The Bengals, I think, are peaking. Like this is the peak for the Bengals. They might they have maybe one more year. One more year before they have to pay Joe Burrow, which they're gonna probably have to pay Joe Burrow this next offseason. One more year before they have to try to re-sign T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, and they probably can't do both. One more year before they have to try to keep that defense together while they're paying like I'm not kidding, probably $100 million annually to Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Like, I don't know how you keep a team together around that. And, and, and the Bengals have not proven that they have the confidence to keep it, build, much less keep a roster together for multiple years. No. No. I mean, look what happened to them whenever Jamar Chase went out that Halloween game against the Browns. They got destroyed. Yeah. Um, I think they maybe won a game or two without them, but. You you haven't seen Burrow or the Bengals really do it without like just the elite talent that they had garnered yeah. uh, through being the worst team in the football for a couple of years, I might add. Yeah, and that um, includes T. Higgins, by the way. He was a I think like the the thirty third pick in the draft one year. Yeah, wasn't he? This is I don't know if I should bring this up because this is this is a celebratory happy times yeah. podcast right now. Yeah. Wasn't he like in the draft as in the same draft as like uh Nicole? No. Who was it? I think I think there was, there was somebody we drafted like twenty twenty and no, it was it rough. Metcalf. We drafted we drafted McCall Harmon before DK Metcalf. Okay. Which that's just gonna happen, you know. Yeah. I know. Right? You, every every team's got stuff like that. Like, know, I, think, I think we're probably gonna look back and think I can't believe we drafted Sky Moore or George Pickens, but it is what it is. It happened. We'll see. He's a rookie. Yeah. Um, no, they, they took Joe Burrow first overall pick in 2020, and then 33rd pick, T. Higgins, and then the third pick with next year's draft, 2021, they took Jamar Chase. So that's like, that's their core. That's their team, mm-hmm. plus a bunch of free agents. Which, by the way, Vaughn Bell, free agent. Um, who's the other corner? Or the, Jesse Bates, third, free agent. Hayden Hurst, free agent. Like a lot of these guys that they they draft or they they brought over in free agency, 
They're getting ready to lose or have to resign. And their defensive coordinator might get hired away as the head coach. Yeah. yeah. So and and like defense in general tends to be a little bit hard to maintain year to year. Mm-hmm. So so let's let's put it this way really quickly. The Bills are in a tougher spot than the Bengals, I think. But I have more faith in the Bills to build and maintain their franchise. The Bengals are probably one year or two years away from really being challenged from a roster construction standpoint. But I do not have much faith in their ability to keep it together. No, I do not either. I kind of view the Bills as being like one, probably one year ahead of the Bengals in terms of all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? It's something I've been thinking about. Everyone's like so quick to be like, "Oh, the Bengals will be back here next year. Uh, they're going to play them again, and they'll they'll be ready then." Or you know, again, this Brady Manning rivalry that you know, we're going to be seeing this year after year after year. Who knows? Maybe we'll. Maybe we won't. I mean, ask the Bills how that went this year. Yeah. You know, ask the Ravens how that went since 2018. That's, that's my favorite meme. It's like, oh, we'll be back. You know, we'll see We'll see in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So the, 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 the Bengals team account tweeted that out. Like, we will we will be back, something like that. Um, ask George, George Kittle. I, I love George Kittle. Ask him how that went. Yeah. I haven't been back to the Super Bowl. What about Stephon Diggs? He's still yeah. still standing there watching uh, all the Jacksonville the Jaguars who lost to the Chiefs in the 2019 regular season. Wait, what? I think it was 2019. The, the Jaguars lost, and like all their players. Is, is it 18 or 19? The Jaguars lost. Oh, to the Patriots, to the Chiefs, and they're like, oh, well, we'll see them in the playoffs. And oh, okay, yes, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. That was back whenever they had like an all-star Jaguars defense. Back in back in the glory days, yeah. Lake Bortles and, mm-hmm. and such. Yeah. Um, I mean, the guy they got now is not too bad. So. Yeah, it, it's wild. I mean, <laughs> I remember seeing this this tweet either this offseason or last offseason where they're just like looking at the average age of teams in the AFC, and they're just like wait for a couple of years until the upstart Kansas City Chiefs start making noise because <laughs> they're like still. <laughs> One of the youngest teams got like some of the most cap space coming up. It's just insane the way this team. Uh, it's it's crazy to think that they are as successful as they are right now, and you know win or lose the Super Bowl, and the future looks as bright as it does. It's, yeah. it's it's completely wild. Well, that's that's the beauty of not totally mortgaging your future, like the Bucks, like the Rams, in mm-hmm. order to get that one maybe two Super Bowl appearances. Um, you can do it. You can maintain it. You can do it year after year. Um, there's a lot of teams, especially in the AFC, especially in the AFC West, that through all of these, you know, fantastic years for the Chiefs, the only thing they could hold on to was, well, wait till they have to play all the pay all their players. Well, guess what? Now we are. We did it. We we're paid our players. We're acquiring new talented players, and we're still going to. Yes, yeah. we paid Pat. We traded Tyreek. Didn't matter. Um, we haven't even like talked about the game, like what happened in the game. Like, there's again, there's like so many things not even discussed. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it was it was wild. It was intense. Um, I nearly died a couple times, uh, but toward the end, it was just like I, I think whenever whenever Sky Moore had that punt return, and we had thirty seconds and fifty yards to go, and one timeout, I was like, this might happen because. When when they punted, 
Especially when we had to give the ball back to them. That sucked because I thought we were going to get it on the earlier possession. It's like we finally eked out a few first downs. We could get down there and kick a long field goal. But we were just a little bit out of field goal range and had to punt it to them. At that point, I thought, okay, we're only playing for overtime now. Yeah. Um, but then the Bengals get the ball. They pick up, I think it was a first down or two. But not a lot of time runs off the clock. And they got really aggressive with the timeout usage, which I don't blame them. Because you, know, you think, like, your franchise quarterback, he's going to be able to go win the game. Um, but what they did, you know, it's a, it's a classic move. They left too much time on the clock for Mahomes. They really did. They did it again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought about all the Bills fans at home watching this game, seeing them leave just a little bit of time on the clock and punt it to the Chiefs special teams and give up a big play. And seeing Mahomes come back and, you know, get in a field goal range yet again, kick that game-winning field goal, it had to be, like, flashbacks for him, right? Mm-hmm. But in a good way. Yeah, kind of. I, I, I was on the, the Bills subreddit a bit this week just to see where they were at mentally. I think combining the way that they lost to the Bengals and all of the trash-talking that Eli Apple was doing after the game, uh, which we haven't even talked about that guy. My goodness, I mean, he was... He was really the origin of all the trash talk. Yeah. Um, it felt like they finally turned on the Bengals. Because they, they don't like us. But I think they actually hate the Bengals a little bit more. I think everyone's <laughs> a little bit tired of the Bengals now. I think, I think they, they wore on the national um, psyche a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely some of the football podcasts I listen to really like Joe Burrow, really like the Bengals. A little bit upset that the Chiefs won. Um, but yeah, I think... All the all the trash talk, it just kind of, you know, the Bengals were, they were always this plucky underdog up to, like, the last week or two. No more. Uh, but, yeah, that was all gone whenever they dealt with this trash talking. And it was just, like, such a classic case of, like, don't poke the bear, you yeah. know? Just, just, what are you doing? No reason. Just don't do it. No reason to do it. Yeah. Um, incredible. <sighs> do you have any more thoughts on this game? I mean, I'm sure I do. I, I'm trying to come up with them. Uh, I mean, man, we we talked for so long. I think we're gonna try to make this the Bengals podcast and then do an Eagles like Super Bowl podcast. Oh yeah, I mean, we could an hour or so. We couldn't do Eagles right now. No, no, just focus on the Bengals. Um, it was a just it was just such a satisfying win as a fan. Um, I don't know. It's it's so fun to have those moments when you're like you're in significant doubt. About the outcome of the game, it just it just felt completely insurmountable, and then you see this team that you have you know given your allegiance to for reasons that you either, either had nothing to do with or can't really remember, and it's just like completely irrational. Like this is my team, I'm going to die if lose to the Bengals, and then they pulled it out, and it's just, it's it's really fun to have like your belief in a team indicated. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Indicated. And that 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 I feel like this that, that was like. A perfect example of that. It was. It was one of like I've watched the, my, the baseball Cardinals win a couple of World Series. I've watched the Chiefs win a Super Bowl. Uh, just as a side note, this is be like the first year that the Chiefs and Cardinals both have an MVP in the same calendar season, which is amazing oh, as wow. a sports fan. I didn't know about that. Um, so I've seen some amazing sports things, you know, as a fan. I've seen the Tigers knock off number number one teams multiple times. I saw the Blues win the Stanley Cup. Sure, um, <laughs> but this man watching that game was one of my favorite sporting experiences. 
Like that game was right up there to me with like the Cardinals game six. Wow. Yeah. The David Freeze game? Yeah. Oh. I know. That's that, crazy. It was just like I wasn't that happy to win to beat the Bengals in the yeah. fashion that we did. I mean, this game ended. Uh, the, it was the three of us watching it. It was me, Andrew, and my girlfriend. We were basically arms over their shoulders in like a semicircle, jumping around cheering. We did the we did the spinning huddle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, you, you don't get there without just a tremendous amount of exuberance and joy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I said it last week. Maybe this is more just me because I never really worked up the ire for the Bills that some Chiefs fans had. Um, but it's been a long time since there was a team that I really disliked. It really hasn't been since the Brady Patriots that yeah. there was a team that I really disliked. Um, well, yeah, and, and a team that just like felt like had the Chiefs number. Yeah, maybe that's part of it too. Um, just kind of that blind rage that you get whenever there's this team that you just keep losing to. Uh, it, it sucks. Um, but the Bengals, it was even more annoying because like when he played. When he played the Patriots and Brady and lost to them, it was usually because they were better. You know, it sucks. You know, D Ford, if he doesn't go off sides, yeah. um, we win that game. That one's real close, obviously. But generally, it's like, okay, yeah, that team's probably a little better than us. But the Bengals, and people, people forget it so quick. The first two games against the Bengals were very fluky. I mean, the regular season game against them last year was extremely fluky. The playoff game against them had very fluky moments as well. Um, they had just extreme turnover luck. And then uh, the game, the regular season game that we had against them this year, that was the first game where it was like, okay, they beat us. Well, that one, but that was also the Kelsey fumble game. That's very true. I mean, if he doesn't fumble, very different game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was important for this Chiefs game to finally, excuse me, it was important for this Chiefs team to finally beat the Bengals, too. Because I think that regular season loss hurt him a bit. Um, because th- this iteration of the Kansas City Chiefs, whenever they're used to, whenever they are healthy, and whenever they play their best football, they win. Yeah. Period. That was, like, one of the first games I think they thought we were mostly healthy, we played our best football, and we got beat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it shook their confidence just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, our our entire... It shook my confidence a little bit. The entire offseason was about beating the Bengals. Mm. You know, like, like Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes. Like, they had that in the back of their mind. Definitely for Chris Jones. And whenever we lost to them in the regular season, it was just, like, such a gut punch. Yeah. I think it, it felt, kind of reset our entire expectation of the season. Yeah. It felt like, oh, dang, maybe we can't get over this hill, the speed bump here. Um, but we finally did. They did it when it mattered. Yeah, they did. <coughs> so yeah, I'm feeling so good heading into this Super Bowl. Like I'm gonna just I spent the last twenty four hours soaking in every bit of media coverage that I could find. Oh, this was again, it's almost like a super where it's like an all time clear your morning soaking all the sports media. I was hopping on TV to watch like the talking head shows, like <laughs> first take and get up and all that stuff. I never watched that stuff. It's great because they're all making these irrational arguments in favor of Mahomes. Yeah. It's like, okay, sure. It's like, Mom has the clutch gene, you know? Sure. Joe Burrow doesn't have the clutch gene. I'm like, heck yeah, yeah Joe Burrow sucks. He's a bum. And they're, they're like, man, you know, 20 years from now, whenever we're talking about their Hall of Fame cases, this game's going to matter. Like, okay, <laughs> this sure. Is, this is a legacy game for Joe Burrow. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Tell them, Skip. Yeah. Uh, just, just tremendous. Uh, Chiefs fans, enjoy it uh, as much as you possibly can. Now, I know that we're going to record another podcast in a week to be our preview podcast for the Super Bowl against the Eagles. Yeah. Um, I'm sure my view and opinion on that will completely change in a week, but right now, it feels like total house money, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, like, I hope we win, obviously, and I'll be sad if we lose the Super Bowl. And you, and uh, if we've remembered anything here, is that you only get so many shots at that. It's not guaranteed. True. But, um, no, like, like I'm just, I'm so happy. This season's going to be a success no matter what happens. Uh, I just don't, you know, I don't get embarrassed against the Eagles. I, I want to, I want our best game. I really hope all of our players are going to get healthy between now and then. Yeah. Which I, I think they will. Like, of all the injuries that we had, the only good thing you could say was that none of them were like, oh, that guy broke his leg. Yeah. He's done for the season. I think most of them are the ones that, like, give them two weeks of rest and they'll be back. Can I give 30 seconds of thoughts on the Eagles? Yeah, go ahead. So the Eagles are a premier rushing attack. Mm-hmm. What am I saying in the league this year? Oh, yeah. I feel like historically the Chiefs have actually done very well. Like, the, the, this version of the Chiefs have done very well against rushing attacks. Talking about the Ravens. Talking about the Titans with Derrick mm-hmm. Henry. Uh, even in this year, talking about we beat the Niners. Yeah, you know, and that—that's their thing. Back to like 2019 season, when we beat the Niners in the, play, in the Super Bowl. I, I just feel like you know we have faced down some of the best passing attacks in the playoffs in the regular season with the Chargers and with the uh, with the Bengals. And now we're on to more like this is this is the best rushing attack, and I think that we tend to match up well with that type of team. I don't know a lot about the Eagles. I haven't watched some of their games this year. I, I've only been very passively interested in the NFC portion of the playoff bracket this year. Uh, but I'm definitely not scared of the Eagles. And I actually think that we're going to be able to match up better against the Eagles than we did against the Bengals. I'll tell you this much. I feel more confident about winning the Super Bowl than I did about this last game against the Bengals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's honestly even like injury concerns aside. Yeah. It's more like I give us 50-50 shot, maybe like 60-40 on this game. Whereas before, like I said, I gave us a 1-3 shot of one of this, this Bengals game. Yeah. And that was probably too strong. But just the vibes going into that game were rough. That's why it was so sweet. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, it, it's strange I was, as part of my mentally preparing to lose the Bengals. Because again, like this was like a, a personal Super Bowl for me and my takes. Because I am, you know, again, I'm a card-carrying member of the Bang- Bengals hate club. Yes, sir. You made a you made a card. I am a, a lifelong Bengal hater. Um, so yeah, playing this team against my favorite team, this was like twice as terrible or twice as good. Yeah, turned out to be twice as good. Um, but yeah, I was mentally prepared to become the biggest Eagles fan in the world if we lost, and the uh, Bengals had to go face the Eagles. Now that we won it, we're going to go face the Eagles. Philly fans, scumbags. Hmm. Oh, yeah. That's all I got to say on them. Bunch of jabronis, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Man. New, fa- new favorite word. Colin? <laughs> just the absurdity of a football player just like calling out a mayor of a major U.S. city and calling him a jabroni and being correct. It was just, <laughs> so was like, funny. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, it was crazy. I was like, eh, that's fair. That's fair. That's correct. It was fantastic. Uh, it, it was great. This game was great. Super happy. Um, yeah, it feels feels like free money right now. If we win, it would be incredible. If we lose, I'll still be like, this is a great season. I'm sure in a week from now, that'll totally flip, and I'll be like, we have to win this right now for Mahomes' legacy. Um, <laughs> but for right now, it's, it's all good. All good feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Good vibes in the podcast this week, yeah. So we'll see you a week from now, hopefully. We will do some actual research, maybe, on the Eagles. Quite possibly. We'll have a whole week for it. Yep. All right. You good to go, Chiefs? Go Chiefs! Chiefs. Thanks for listening to another episode of Chiefs Bros. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Chiefs Bros. We'll talk to you later.